You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Janet Agenhart, and today's special guest, Shannon Yusey, CEO of Beacon Point Advisors, which has been consistently named a Barron's Top 100 RIA firm. Shannon, how many firms have you brought on board in the last five years? Sure, no problem. Well, thank, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, over the last um, five years, we brought over um, roughly 10 firms, um, hopefully to be um, 13 firms here um, in the next couple of weeks. So we're excited about the trajectory for M&A and um, the firm growth um, through M&A. It's been about 30% of our business, um, which is neat about that is that we've been able to grow through M&A while also growing our existing RIA practice as well. What does that growth look like for your team? Well, it looks, I mean, we've now have 19 offices across the country, again, soon to be um, a few more um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, We've grown from 100 employees to 200 employees over the last several years. So you can imagine digesting that amount of growth um, is a lot, um, but it's been good. You know, I mean, we've, we've tried to maintain the culture of the organization by having folks involved throughout the organization. So you know, we, we look to our offices and we, we call them our partner offices because they're truly partnerships within the organization. So if somebody is interested in helping or collaborating with a new idea or project with the organization, we certainly want that collaboration across the organization. And there are so many different advisory firms out there. What differentiates Beacon Point? I think there's a couple of things that differentiate Beacon Point. I think one of them is culture. You know, we talk about having our partnerships with these offices and you look at something as simple as our Women's Advisory Institute, which also I think differentiates us at Beacon Point. Um, That's run by the women of Beacon Point. It's not run by the headquarter office. It's really run across the country. So if somebody has a unique idea that they've got an expert that they want to bring in to talk about either, you know, financial health with their own personal health, that, that they will run that. We had somebody in our Philadelphia office run a, um, an event with all of the all of our female clients, and it was about you know, learning how to sleep better. And um, we had that you know a, a well-renowned um, sleep expert. So it's really collaborating with our team across the country. We have, I mean, a number of initiatives that we're working on throughout the firm, and really making sure that people feel like they're part of the overall firm and the overall vision of the organization. Um, there, I, I feel like when you have when you grow from 100 to 200, you have to be incredibly deliberate about your communication. So I, I, especially in this post-pandemic world or this p- pandemic world is making sure that we're really deliberate about communicating with our team. I just implemented a coffee with Shannon with for every new employee that joins, you know, scheduling 15 minutes just to get to know them because, you know, it was easy when there were 50 of us and I knew everybody and I, you know, saw them every day. But now that we're not really necessarily in the same room, it makes it a little bit harder. So just making sure that we have those face-to-face connections and that we're really, you know, connecting with our team. What do you mean when you say a focus on the entire family? So, you know, when you look at what clients' expectations are, clients are looking at helping with their wealth, right? So, you know, making sure that we're doing a good job with their overall wealth and meeting them where, where they are in their journey in terms of their, their managing their assets. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're taking care of their entire family. You know, many of our clients are concerned or want the next generation to understand where they are with their wealth. So we want to make sure that we're putting in programs that and hitting on, you know, areas that the client, you know, expects to, you know, have their the next generation understand. So we, we've implemented um, what we call B 
BPU, which is our Beacon Point University, which really is to help um, not only our internship program, which we run nationally, but to help educate the next generation or even current generation. I've had several clients say, gosh, can I join and, and hear you know, what you're talking about with that particular um, investment section? So I think it's, it's important to be able to continue to educate um, the next generation. We've done unique things just to make sure that we're hitting the next generation across the, you know, not just our organization and our client base, but also our communities. We've implemented a Girl Scout badge. So, you know, the, having the Girl Scouts come in with their parents and educating them on finance. Um, we've done that with also National Charity League, as well as, you know, National League of Young Men, really just to help educate um, and empower those um, about their assets. Building off of something that you said earlier, how does having balanced male and female representation in leadership benefit the firm? Yeah, so I think, um, I get, again, I think that is a um, differentiating characteristic of the firm. Over 50% of our leadership is female. Um, I think it makes for, I mean, studies have shown it makes for better decision making. Um, I think the fact that we have women in leadership leads us to have more women in leadership. You know, I think women are attracted to other females in leadership, so they see a path for growth within the organization. I've, I've received the question throughout the years, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and a lot of my male counterparts have said, gosh, how do you attract so many women? I said, I, my, I, my usual response is, gosh, if you have more women in your business, you're gonna be able to attract more women. It's hard to do if you don't have a lot of women in the organization. So to be able to automatically plug in, you know, some of our partner offices to automatically plug in with um, significant female leadership, I think is important. We've also been able to attract, which I think is also a little bit unique, um, other female-led RIAs. So we have several, we've acquired or partnered with several female-led RIAs, which I think um, is pretty unique as well. So the RIAs that you acquire as well also have male and female representation? Um, they, they do, um, certainly. I, I would say it's not necessarily the norm, um, but I think 30% of our um, RIAs that we've acquired have had females at the helm which is, I, I think, pretty special. Why the big push on M&A? Well, you know, you look at M&A and um, what it does for the business that's being you're partnering with as well as our existing business. And, and there's several benefits. You know, I think scale gives you immediate benefit in terms of um, not only access, but also the ability to take things off your plate that you otherwise had on your plate. So being able to remove you know, things like compliance or back office operations or day-to-day -day management of the organization. Um, we still, the, the nice thing about our partnership with our offices is they're still running their, their local offices, but I think having the partnership and having access to a number of things that they otherwise wouldn't have had access to, um, simple things like, you know, having, um, you know, a marketing team be able to help with an event or being able to push, you know, digital marketing um, out further for their firms where they just didn't have the time and the capacity to do that in the past. I think it just gives them just many more resources across the firm. It gives them better training, access to, you know, our, what we call our all wealth approach, which we're, is really special to us, but it's really helping clients along their wealth journey um, through access to great investment managers, also making sure that we're, you know, looking at impact investing for those clients, um, as well as a number of other things, you know, which is very hard to do. If you're also, you know, talking to clients all day long, you're, you're, you know, running your office, all, you know, doing compliance, doing, you know, the 
you know, wearing the CFO hat, wearing the operations hat, it's hard for some of the smaller offices to do on a daily basis. And speaking of culture and M&A and running such a large RIA, what are your thoughts on a post-pandemic world with respect to working remotely and serving clients? Yeah, I think um, in a post-pandemic world, things are going to look differently. Um, and I think they they will remain different for the foreseeable future. Um, I see offices coming back to having people in their in their firm, but I also see, you know, something like a hoteling environment um, will probably be prevalent um, within the industry. I think it's a unique environment that has really showcased the wealth management industry, not only because of the M&A aspect of it, but also because we have been able to work at home. I mean, we we went, I don't know, maybe five hours and flipped the switch and everybody was working from home. So it was, it's a, it was a really easy transition. And I think people didn't realize the, the ability to have that type of flexibility so I think I, I don't think that's going to change in the future. And I think for clients, um, the expectation that uh, we don't have to be in physically in their living room is is changed for for the good, right? I mean, I, I still think there'll be the the face to face meetings with clients, and I think that's extremely important. But I do think having us be able to virtually be in their living room while they're actually in our living room too is is really unique. I think it's actually demystified a lot of things um, for the client and the advisor and maybe made the relationship just that much stronger. So I think it's been a, a good thing for um, for our business. Taking down some of those barriers there. Certainly. I mean, when, when, when a client can see that, you know, your child has walked across the screen or it just, it, may, it more humanizes the business. And I the, the other benefit that we've seen is that you know, well, oftentimes we don't have the partner or the spouse in the meeting. This actually gives us an avenue by which to do it that much more easily, right? Because it, it, you don't have to travel somewhere to meet somebody. You can actually just meet them at their dinner table or meet them, in, you know, at their coffee table, which I think that's great. And I think it's just getting more people involved. And also the, the benefit of having their kids there too, either overhearing the conversation or being part of the conversation, I think has been a huge benefit. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, you know, oftentimes advisors are helping people save for retirement, save for their children's education, and yet they've never met the children. <laughs> right. I mean, how, how great to have those conversations. I mean, I've, I had a conversation with a client recently about their kids wanting to do an investment club. They're 13, which I think is phenomenal. And they, they want our help in, you know, structuring that investment club for these kids because they're now interested. There's obviously this whole thing with GameStop and some other things have got them really interested. But I think it's 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 our job as advisors, and we feel you know really passionate about this, about educating and empowering the next generation um, to make sure they really know and they've got the tools um, to run their finances. I mean, just think if we had that next generation really well prepared at a young age. I mean, that changes the trajectory of their lives. And sadly, a lot of investment themes are not taught in school. They're not taught at all in school. I mean, so I teach a course at um, our local university at UC Irvine in, in wealth management. And it's this course that's wildly popular because it's not taught anywhere. And this is the first time many of these students are hearing some of the basics of finance. I, I mean, I'm on a mission to really educate people about finance and we produced a book or put together a book on it. And I think, you know, just really making it a passion of the organization to educate is just gonna help again, the, the next generation after generation. Yeah, you learn about soil samples and how to sew a pillow and yet you, you don't learn about your 401k. <laughs> 
Right. And I, and I think, you know, when you get to your 20s or even 30s, and had you known that in your early 20s or when you were 18, I mean, can you imagine what that does to your financial life? I mean, if you start saving at, you know, age 18 or 19 or 20 or even 25 versus 35, you certainly have to save quite a bit less. Finally, Shannon, if you had to pick two, what would you say the two most important things are for REAs and wealth advisors to focus on in the coming years? You know, I think... Um, at least immediately, I think technology is, is absolutely critical. So making sure that you have the best technology stack or have built the best technology stack for your client, because clients are going to continue to demand more and maybe for less, right? So, I mean, clients you know want to have access to absolutely everything at their fingertips. And I think making sure that you've got a, a really strong focus on technology. And then I think the client acquisition is game is going to change a bit. Meaning that, you know, we've got now the ability to talk to clients all across the world via Zoom or, or however, and you don't have to be physically face to face with them. So I, to me, that just increases competition and that will also increase the value that clients are receiving. So I, I would say you're know, really focusing on how you're going to acquire clients is going to be extremely important, whether that be digitally or, you know, word of mouth or, or, or however you're doing it to you know attract new clients. I think that it's going to change significantly over the next five years. And I think technology will also be um, a game changer. Great. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Really nice to have you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Visit AssetTV.com for more financial news and information. And be sure to check out our other episodes of the Meet the RIA podcast.